Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No, you're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. If anyone hasn't told you that you are loved and cherished, then you are, and I need you to believe it, because you wouldn't exist if you weren't. Creation doesn't make mistakes, I guarantee you that. Creation doesn't create things just for the sake of creating. Everything that is created is important 
and has a value throughout the universe. So if you ever think of yourself small, insignificant, stop right there and let go of that foolish thought and realize that that thought is coming from some being, some spirit from the underworld that has forgotten its truth. And I would highly recommend you not listen because how can I put it to you? We are embarking upon a time where we really have to understand that what we understood of our existence on earth and our ability to continue in the way that we have can't go on anymore. I was warned about this when I was a young child of the times that would come. The spirits told me that human beings would have to be able to step into their power and that I would have to get myself to a certain place in my evolution to be able to help you remember. So if the first thing I can help you remember is you're not a loser, you're not a failure, you're not ugly, you're not stupid, you're not dumb, you're not insignificant. You are something beyond anything that a human being even can yet understand. Because to actually believe it and understand it, people would say you're full of ego. When in truth, you're not. And anyone who says you're full of ego because you love yourself and honor yourself and see yourself and know yourself and sit in the autonomy of your power, well then, you know, I will have to pray for them because that person who believes that doesn't know, doesn't know what's coming doesn't understand what's going on and why we are in this situation and what comes after it. This is, this is nothing compared to what's going to happen. When I was a child, the spirits told me that there would be 12 stages of blackout on earth and that I would need to prepare myself and my brothers and sisters for the first stages that's the reason why I wrote the book Spirit Hacking. It wasn't so I could become some great writer. I have dyslexia. I have a door that swings both ways into the spirit world and out of the spirit world. It's a wonderful gift that I've been given by my ancestors. And I'm not complaining about it because I do enjoy that swinging door by having dyslexia. But I will say it wasn't so that I can become this great writer and sell thousands and millions of books and make tons of money and sit on top of this fortune. No. Mm -mm. That to me doesn't really connect with who I am. I wrote the book to give you something to move through this time and the times that will come. And, you know, when we talk about the blackout, I didn't go into depth about all of the stages of the blackout because I didn't want to put the energy there for people to go into fear and panic and to see my book as a, a doom and gloom. So I put the blackout to give you kind of an understanding. And the rest of the book tells you what, what is going on. 
in that understanding. But I can tell you that the plague, which is the one that we're in right now, has four stages. And each of the stages becomes more difficult than the first stage. And I know everyone wants to get back out and go out of their quarantine and roam the streets and live life like it's normal. But I'm so sorry to tell you, life is not normal. It never was Normal is not mowing your lawn and smiling at your neighbor with a fake smile inside when you know that you have other feelings going on that you don't even want to deal with or look at because it's a little too scary or uncomfortable. I mean, who are we kidding? If you came to earth, you knew before you left the inner planes of consciousness and the beach of remembrance and the place where all things are created through consciousness and felt and experienced that you were coming to a planet and a galaxy that was held in darkness. You didn't come here thinking that this was going to be, you know, a six-star resort where everything was going to be wonderful and perfect. No. You came here because you knew that you were going to roll up your sleeves and get ready for something really transformative but on a physical level can be very scary and very challenging for the human nature that has forgotten who they are and what they are. I'm not here to tell you that this is going to be some kind of like hell experience. But what I am here to tell you is that it is going to be a challenge And the only challenge that you're going to be met with is how far are you willing to bend and think out of the box and let go of your control and let go of your ideas of what you think is normal and what you think life really should look like as according to the way it was. Like going to Whole Foods or going to the marketplace and having all your things provided for you by some other company or corporation or service or something of that nature. If you're not learning how to plant your own food now and you're not learning about picking up books instead of picking up toilet paper and getting books and learning about what plants you can eat and which ones you can't and really start educating yourself on how to turn ocean water into drinking water and and how to be able to handle these types of situations, then you're doing yourself a great disservice because... Life isn't going to continue the way that it was because it can't. Because the universal field of consciousness has elected for complete global mutation. That means what? That means that every being on a collective level, if they're aware of it consciously or not, has asked to be here for complete death and rebirth of this planet and those who reside upon it. A true resurrection, a understanding of cycle. That cycle happens in waves. And we've been given so many signs of the waves before they started, like with 9-11 and the things that took place with the war in Iraq and and, 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 you know, going after the oil and, you know, and the things that you see that was happening in the social political structures 
of, you know, leaders pushing agendas and ideas based in fear and limitation and how, and getting people riled up to be angry and all of these types of things, these signs, you know, the people talking about what happens in, you know, in 10 and 2012 and, you know, all the things with, uh, with, with technology and everything, you know, cutting down the forest, the rainforest, setting fire to things, pushing out the indigenous people. There's so many things that have given us the signs of the blackout. I can't even begin to tell you if people have not been able to see it, then they really have been distracted by some serious, serious nonsense. The stages of the blackout start with the first, with the plague of the four stages of the plague. The second stage is the discovery of the lies, the uncovering and untruths that has been given to society to think that they were actually being protected um, by a system that told them to work really hard and go to school and get good grades and that they perhaps can work for, you know, these companies and corporations that were supposed to be protecting them. But in fact, we're exploiting them and finding their weaknesses and ways to corral them and to keep them in a place of slavery. That energy and that motive and that agenda will be exposed because people will begin to see that the resources that they thought they should be getting for all the time and energy that they've been putting into, quote unquote, the system is going to unravel. The third stage of the blackout is the war amongst people. Human beings will rise up against each other in the ways that you've never thought they would. You're talking about underground organizations that have been plotting and planning ways to kill off their brothers and sisters and to create war amongst them and social political groups that are going to be funding them and supporting them to create this level of war, to distract you from what they're doing to other countries and to other lands and what they're doing behind the scenes. This aspect of the blackout will still begin to be moving through the other levels. So what I mean by that is what the spirits told me is that as the plague and the discovery of lies and the unfolding um, of these, un- these, these untruths and the war amongst people will all kind of bleed into one another. So it won't be like this period where it'll just stop. It'll just be like one movement to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And as that is happening, then the devastation comes. That's the tsunamis and the earthquakes and earthquakes in cities that never thought they would even have an earthquake because no one thought, hmm, there could be an earthquake in New York City. Hmm, there's going to be earthquake in places that are going to pretty much pummel cities down. And then from there comes the rise of darkness, which is the fifth stage. And the rise of darkness means that there are going to be people who are going to be using force to control people on earth through technology and also through science. And they are going to want to usher in certain rules and, and use your, your fear and your, your, your need for supplies and your need for this to get you to fall in line and to get you to go into sub- subjugation. 
this will be a very difficult time for a lot of people because this is the time when people are going to really have to look at the revolution and every person inside of them. You see, there's a revolutionary person inside of you that has come to earth that knows when to act this energy out and it's already starting. And I, and I, and you know, the reason why I'm always like, remember, 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 and why I'm giving you tools like, you know, 30 days strong and, you know, doing things to, to get you healed up in healing temple and all these different things that I'm providing is not just to provide them. It's to well equip you to get you the tools for your mastery of yourself in your autonomy, in your power as an individual being, an individual God in flesh as you. And this is something that's very, very important. The devastations are going to be so vast and so big and so damaging that a huge population on planet earth will not survive. The war against people will be a distraction for the governments to enact their next plan of control. The rise of darkness will be the people thinking that their government, their system is actually for them, supporting them, and it will turn on them. And the rise of darkness will come through that and people will have to band together and support one another and share their resources and help each other to survive and thrive through all the things that will be taking place and the cataclysmic changes that will be taking place. And it will be scary. However, if you are doing what you need to do right now to up-level yourself spiritually and to awaken possibility in you, in your powers and your gifts, we can shift and change these things before they happen. That's why I'm sharing it with you. I'm not sharing it with you for doom and gloom and to bring misery and worry to you. I'm sharing it with you to prepare you like I did in Spirit Hacking, the blackout. If you read it, you will know what I was talking about. It is this time now. And I'll go into more of it. But ever since I was a kid, I have always been known amongst my friends to be the harbinger. I don't know if you know what a harbinger is, so I'll tell you. A harbinger is when you watch movies and you see that person come out of nowhere and say, don't go to that house. You shouldn't go to that house. Good things will not happen. A harbinger is the person who comes and warns people before things happen. They kind of come out of nowhere, out of left field and just drop some information on you. You know, I've been a harbinger in my life. It's just been there. It's just a gift of mine. I've developed it either in this life and other lifetimes. It's a mark upon me that I believe that I was given by um, some beings in the spirit world that wanted me to be a harbinger. I've been a harbinger. I've told my stepmom when she was going to die, how she was going to die, what she would be wearing. I even told my family what she'd be wearing. I said, you're going to die of breast cancer and you're going to be wearing a purple dress and a coffin if you don't change your ways right now. 
if you don't change the direction you're in right now. I had a client come in once and I told the client, don't let, um, don't let some people, don't let people drive you around and don't drive fast. She said, why? I said, because I see you in a wheelchair. So I need you to really pay attention when you're in the car and not be focusing on other things so that you are safe and can avoid this from happening. And she showed up at my house four months later in a wheelchair. She didn't listen. I told my friend Stefan and Mitzi and my friend Mike Swaggard and my friend Robin that they wanted to go live off the grid, get away from their families, run away from home, go get out in nature and live off the grid and live in nature. And I told them, please don't go. I even told my friend Pete Schneidenbach, my friend, my friend Hans Schneidenbach, my friend Kathy, my friend Melissa, all of my friends, I told them, I said, please, please, please don't let them leave. Everyone said I was being morbid. Everyone said that I was being dark. I'm not dark. No, I'm a light. I'm a light that shines in the darkness. A light that shines in the darkness, which is what I'm preparing each and every one of you to see yourself as. We're going into the blackout stronger and stronger. Darker days are ahead. You can't keep being codependent and looking outside of yourself for people to fix it for you or to do it for you. That won't support you. It won't, it won't help you thrive through these times that are coming. You need to be the light that shines from the darkness. And for those who have forgotten their light, you will be able to guide them. You will help them because you will be like a lighthouse, a torch in the night. I told my friends, and I've talked about this before in other shares. I told my friends, don't, don't leave. I told my friends, don't let them leave. I said, we should pop their tires. We should do everything we can to limit them from leaving. And no one wanted to listen to me. I looked at my friend, Mike. I said, if you go on this trip, you'll survive, but you'll end up in prison. You'll be sitting in prison and you'll have tattoos all over your body. I told each and every one of them. I told Stefan and that he will die a horrible death. I even told Mike and Robin, I said, if you see Stefan and his girlfriend eating anything or thinking of taking food from nature, they said, why? I said, because death spoke to me. Because one of the gifts of being a harbinger is that you're friends with death. Yeah. Go figure. And because I'm friends with death, I know when people are going to die. I know when they're going to die or when they can avoid death. You see, death isn't like marked in stone. There's windows, all these windows that I see. And you can avoid those windows if you make the right choices for yourself. And then you can go into those windows if you just don't want to be here anymore. And a lot of times people say, but my mom and dad, they wanted to be here. My sister and my brother, they wanted to be here. My uncle and my aunt wanted to be here. Yeah, in consciousness they did. But did you look into their unconscious? See, in their unconscious mind, the part of them that left is because there's a part of them that wanted to leave. And the way it works in shamanism isn't based on like, you know, 
death isn't looked at in the same way that a lot of people in the Western world like to look at death as this very like controlling and attaching thing. It's this death is just a separation of the, out of the biological spacesuit and back into your eternal form. It really is. And and you know, I've died, you know, and it's not as bad as people make it seem. No, I'm not glorifying death. I really want you to be here with me because we need each and every one of you to make it through all of this. But what I'm saying is, is that there's all these windows. And as a harbinger, because I'm friends with death, death lets me know where the windows are showing up and when they're going to come. I told my sister years ago in a poem when we were kids that two brothers in the city of great will fall. She goes, what do you mean by this? I said, I just know that two brothers are going to fall in the city of great. One day she was walking down the street and she saw an airplane hit the World Trade Center. And she remembered the two brothers. She called me up and she said, that w- I have your poem from so long ago. You knew this was going to happen, didn't you? I said, I did. I just didn't know where. It was given to me from the spirits in that way. And that's the way I gave it to you. So you can have that information. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard stories in the other shares with Mitzi and Stefan never made it. Even after I told them how they were going to die. Even after I told them how to avoid it. How to trick death. Which is really just to avoid death. Right? Because death doesn't want to take you unless you need to be taken. And um, I told them, don't eat anything from nature. And before you go there, get some food because I know you're going to smoke pot and you're going to hike way out into the mountains and you're going to not have the food that you need and you're going to be hungry and you're going to start looking in nature for food. And that's when death is coming for you. And I told them and I said to my friend Mike and I said to Robin, if you see them cooking anything or eating anything from nature, do not eat it. And they didn't. But their friends did and they died. And of course I was blamed for it. Everyone said, I, it's because of my powers. It comes from darkness. It's evil. I don't, you know, it took me many years to be comfortable being a harbinger. It took me many years to be comfortable telling people what I see. Many years. And it just never stopped. And people would say that I was evil and dark and this and that and the other. And I would say, no. I've just been given eyes to see beyond that which others see. It's a gift. I'm I now starting to understand it more and more. And I'm not going to let people call me dark over it. Or evil. You know, even when I was living in Palos Verdes in California... And I had a friend named Joyous and his girlfriend, Lucinda Diaz, living in my house with me. And they were going to this festival called Symbiosis. And I looked at her and I said, and I knew here is coming again. The harbinger is coming. I said, please do me a favor. She said, what? I said, when you go to this festival, do not let your boyfriend smoke marijuana or take any substances When you are leaving, if you do, you will be in a horrible car crash and you will be scalped and horrible things will happen and someone will die and it will be devastating. 
And she said, okay. I said, Joyous, please do not forget what I am saying to you. It would be just great if you both didn't go. They said, we want to go. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, we're going to be in Ojai. It's going to be this great time. It's going to be amazing. I get a phone call from Lucinda, who's crying on the phone to me, telling me that she has been, she's in the hospital and that she was in a horrible accident and that Joyce went to go help someone with their tent and decided to smoke and fell asleep behind the wheel and they crashed into a woman and then into a big rig truck and her the glass broke and scalped her top of her head and ripped off the whole top of her head and that her dog was missing and that Joyce was arrested and that the woman died. And if I could come there, I jumped in the car immediately and drove to Ojai, went to the place where the wreckage was and climbed through her wrecked car of glass and broken. Everything was just destroyed. And I just got into the car and crawled into the car. Got some pieces of things that I thought might be able to be salvaged and brought it to the hospital. She went through many surgeries and she's still living to this day. And so is Joyce, not the woman, unfortunately. If they would have listened to me, that would have never happened. So many times I tell people about things. And I don't say it because I want to be this scary guy who's running around, Shaman Durek, who's telling everybody all these doom and gloom stories. I don't. I really don't. You know, and there's sometimes where I know that someone is leaving and I can't say anything because the spirit's. Don't let me. I want to, and you're probably thinking, what do you mean they don't let you? There's a natural order to things. And sometimes they let me say things because they know that things can change. And within the quantum field or in what we call the fates, which I've been friends with since I was an Oracle of Delphi in, in ancient Greece, in Delphi, the fates and I are very close. And they see all the weavings and of life. And sometimes I say goodbye to someone. I give them a hug and tell them how much I love them, but I know they're leaving and I'm never going to see them again, but I can't tell them what's going to happen to them. And I can't tell them what's go- why and, and how, and all these things, the fates seal me. It's like, it's like this seal comes over me and it limits me from saying it. So I just hug them and love them. And I know, Why am I telling you these things? Because I thought I should tell you. Maybe you want to learn a little bit more about me. But what I will say is this. You are powerful. I need you to become more powerful. I need you to put aside your distractions and focus on your powers. Focus on your abilities. Whatever your strong suits are, bring them more to the forefront. If your psychic abilities, increase them. If you're intuitive, increase them. If you're a healer, increase them. If you're really good at problem solving, increase it. If you're really good at at building things and making things, then increase that because we're going to need you. If you know about plants and you know about animals and acknowledge acknowledge that and increase it even more whatever you need to do whatever skill you have 
you need to take it up a notch. Because after the rise of darkness comes the human annihilation. That's when the the beings take full inhabitants over people and power and start electing a, a plan to start eliminating human beings and lessening the population. They're already doing that, but it becomes even more. And then the sixth stage is the plague. Again, another one, a worse one. And then the fires and the eruptions of volcanoes that you thought would never erupt again. And human migration, which will be happening a lot through a lot of these things, but the human migration becomes even stronger. And then people's intolerance towards each other is the ninth. Or actually, let's see. First one they told me was the plague. The second one is discovery of lies, the unfolding of truths. The third one is the war against people. The fourth is the devastation, the tsunamis, the earthquakes. Uh, the fifth one is the rise against darkness. The sixth one is the human annihilation. The seventh one is the plague. The eighth one is the fire and volcano eruptions and earth uh, molten core. Eighth one is the human migration because of lack of food and land and barren and air population, air sources bad. The ninth one is the intolerance of people wanting to hoard their resources and not help the people who are starving and not be able to move forward. And there's 10, 11, and 12, and they didn't give me those ones because they said that if we don't make the changes by that time, human existence on planet Earth may not happen anymore. So they told me if we get to a certain number, they'll let me know what the 10 and 11, 12th is. So I don't have those. So I'm just going to run them through you, through you again so you can understand them. The first one is the plague four stages of the plague we're in that right now with the coronavirus the second one is the discovery of lies and unfolding of truth the third one is the war against people the fourth one is the devastation the earthquakes the tsunamis the shaking of the earth and cities and places that you never thought would there would be an earthquake the fifth one is the rise of darkness that is when the government turns against the people and not just one government, many governments, many lies will come out. Many things will be uncovered. The sixth one is the human annihilation. When you begin to see the, what the corporations and some of the big companies have planned for us. The seventh one is the return of a plague. The eighth one is the fire, the eruptions, the volcanoes. The ninth one is the human migration because of the food and the air quality. And the tenth one is the intolerance of people. And between the human annihilation and intolerance of people, there will be war. And the one of war amongst people, there will be war. And it will start small and it will get bigger and become more known the agendas of our systems that are supposed to protect us and love us 
nurture us and give us what we need so that we can thrive and have healthy families and have a future for our children. We are powerful beings that are capable of being able to move through all of these experiences with ease and grace, but it requires you to truly, if you haven't yet, get woke. It is important and imperative for you to see your spiritual self recognized, seen, and activated. This is the time to do it during the coronavirus, leveling up yourself, doing everything you can to educate yourself on thriving so when the time comes, you're ready. I love you so much. And in the past, I would say, I hate being the harbinger. But now I accept it. I accept being the harbinger. And I'm here to give a heed of warning to each and every one of you out there. When your governments and your system says, go back outside and start communing and acting like everything is normal, don't listen. It's a trick. They're lying to you. If you do, something worse is coming. Mark my words. Mark my words. And I need you to not put yourself in harm's way. Even if your friends and family members choose to do so because they choose to act without common sense and their need for entertainment and their need to be in what they think is normal, which this world has never been normal. This world is illogical. Normal. Normal is what I do every day, which is scream in a pillow when I wake up and scream in a pillow before I go to bed. I'm not pretending that this world is perfect and that having lots of money in the bank is going to make every one of my problems go away. No. You can have lots of money and you can have fame and you can have success and you still will not be able to avoid what is coming. So wise up. You know, there's this amazing song from the movie Magnolia that's sang by Amy Mann. And it's, it's literally like the most amazing song. And what I love about the song is because it's exactly what we have to do. We have to wise up. We have to get into a space where we realize that, you know, it's time for us to truly step in. The song is called Save Me. You get a chance to listen to it. You should. Because I'm not here to make you afraid. I'm not here to to put fear into you, my loves. I'm here to fortify you, to prepare you, to have your eyes open before it happens, 
so that you are aware of what is happening and why it's happening. In order for the golden age to rise and emerge that so many people have spoken about, the age of light, the golden age, the time of great love and joy, we must walk through the darkness. I'm a Scorpio, quadruple Scorpio. My sign, I chose it because it's a sign of life and death. I needed to understand death and life. I needed to understand human suffering. I needed to understand the deepest, darkest place a human can go so I can understand how to get you through it. It is literally, if you think of Lord of the Rings and the time when they were walking through the dark, dark place, that is what I'm saying is that that's where we're at and it's going to get darker and it's going to get more intense. And that's why I want you ready. And I'll do everything I can to support you and love you and guide you to be able to move through these times and be victorious. Let me show you how to light your being up and be the torch in the light and the lighthouse for others during this time because it's time for you to light yourself up in darkness. No more codependency. No more gurus. No more people parading around telling you that they have it all figured out and that they are the way and you have to follow them. No, we don't follow. We walk together as brothers and sisters owning our autonomy, owning our power individually and supporting each other collectively. When you think about it, like superheroes, like the Justice League, standing and walking together and using our powers to support each other and the people. That is what is required. That is what is needed. And I assure you, when we do that, we will be triumphant. We will be successful. And we will move through the darkness together and wake up in the new dawn. What a day, such a day that will be. I love you. I always will love you. Be prepared. It's one of the greatest things I learned in being a Boy Scout. Be prepared. So I say that to you. Be prepared. No time for fear. Time for action. Love you. Hey Tribe, so the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to 
info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hi, tribe. We have another amazing share from Brittany Page with a beautiful poem from Brittany. And you can reach Brittany at BrittanyPage88 at iCloud.com. And you can reach her at her Instagram account at Gangster of Love. That's G A N G S T E R O F L U H V. Enjoy. At once like a child, a jaguar, a king, the dark days of winter and budding branches of spring. You've lifted, shifted, and gifted so many outside. I'm incredibly honored to be a part of your tribe. You make us remember how it feels to be lit and tell us you love us on days we feel shit. In case no one told you today, Shaman Direct, I love you, I appreciate you, I see you, Direct. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the Tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamandurek.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I am so happy that all of us are thriving through all of these things that are taking place on the planet. 
I mean, the most important thing, which is what I talk about all the time, which is not about becoming so extreme in the right or extreme in the left. It's about recognizing love because we know that this system, it likes us to react and it wants us to get caught up in all the unnecessary drama. And that's not what we're about in this tribe. In this tribe, we are lit leaders of legacy and we are all walking leaders here to, to bring the message of love for the sake of love, because of love. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we represent. And I think it's important to be able to have all the things that we need right now to be able to give us that sustenance and that uplift and that just give us that lifted shift in any which way we can so that we can fulfill ourselves so that we're able to fulfill others, right? And so the more we pour into ourselves, the, and the overflow is what we give away. And I am so lit and so happy to have my amazing sister, my beautiful friend, who is such a a guide, a gift, a loving soul on this planet. First of all, let me tell you, you know, I'm not the type of person who like easily jumps in and says, hey, I want to have a session with someone. And even though I haven't had one yet, it is definitely on my list of things to do, what I call my life list. It's just, I've just been so busy traveling and doing all these other things. But this woman is really touched me because when I hear her speak and when I hear the things that come from her knowledge and from the wisdom that she instills in people's lives, I stop for a moment and I go, yeah, that right there. That's amazing. So I am so happy to have Kelsey Patel. Now, I've had so many runs with her. It's the universe that literally keeps putting her in front of me saying like, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. So I'm super happy to have her here today share. She is one of Hollywood's leading wellness and Reiki experts. And as well as a newly published author of the Burning Bright Rituals, Reiki and Self-Care to Heal Burnout, Anxiety and Stress. This is her new book called Burning Bright. She's not only sought after in the spiritual community as an empowerment coach, yoga teacher, Reiki healer, and meditation teacher, but also she is a multifaceted entrepreneur of inspirational thinking and sharing her inspirational knowledge to the world on stages all over the world. She is a creator and founder of Magic Vibes and a soul-enhancing lifestyle brand that was named one of the top seven subscription boxes in 2017. Now, I don't know if you know, but even just saying all that to you, you're going to see why she's here on Ancient Wisdom today, because you know we never bring anyone on unless they are lit and lit verified. So I'm so happy to welcome to today's share on Ancient Wisdom, Kelsey Patel. my brother, my brother in shine and in light. I am so touched and so honored to be here with you and just to share some sacred breath and space together. Thank you, honey. I am very grateful to have you as well. I've been making it, uh, it's been, it's been uh, a thing that I've been like, I had in the back of my mind and I get bombarded from my team telling me, okay, we have this thing and we're doing this thing. And I'm like, okay, before we go into any more of this and that, did anyone book Kelsey to come on Ancient Wisdom today? Because I really you know, want to have her there and also have her on the Instagram. So that way we can like, you know, really bring your, your knowledge, your teachings and just your love to the tribe. And so I'm really happy that you're here. So thank you so much, my love. Thank you, babe. And it's funny when you were saying that it is so true. The universe keeps 
literally smack gob smacking us in front of each other. It's like we were in New York and I in a hotel room and I was there to do a Reiki training and I heard a voice and I was like, no freaking way. And I opened up my hotel door and there you are trying to get into your hotel room door next to mine. Like the amount of times this has happened to us is next level. It really is. And actually in that hotel, uh, the Mondrian is my, is my, uh, it's my resident hotel when I'm in New York and the chances of us meeting there was like, what? And literally when I saw you, it was just so good because I was going through so much stress that day and dealing with so much because I had all this press stuff and all these things going on in my family. I wanted to entertain them, take them out to dinner. And then my key to my room wasn't working. <laughs> And it's like, it always happens to me. It always happens that my key doesn't work. Watch it. Let me take that out. Always to flipping it to, it happened then and it happened a couple other times. I don't want to say always because then it'll create that again. So, and then you open the door and it was just like a breath of fresh air. You guys came in my room and I was like, everyone needs a crystal. What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was perfect. And and it really is. um, You really are a godsend on this planet. And I'm really grateful for you. And um, and you're teaching your message and just your light that you shine when you just walk into a room. So I really love you, darling. I wanted to ask you, when did you first experience burnout in, in your life? Yeah. So I first experienced burnout and I would say it's very, you know, none of people's story with burnout is the same, but also at the same time, none of our stories with burnout are unique in the fact that I didn't know when I was experiencing burnout that I was actually in burnout. I just kept going. And I was working um, in the United States Senate um, in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill. I was very much like in the sort of fire, if you will, of the political world. And I loved it. I, I loved being a public servant. I loved feeling like I was making a difference in the world, really showing up every day. But it was never enough for me. So not only did I work on Capitol Hill by day, but I babysat, I danced in a company, I taught dance classes on the weekend, I bartended on the side. So I was at a place in my life where I just didn't know what my worth or my value was. And I kept seeking outside validation through my work and my doing to make me feel valued. And of course, it never worked because it has to come from within. But that was really, I'd say the beginning of what became a very, very continued problem of burnout that I had. Wow. And when you, when you experienced that burnout, my love, what was some of the signs that you recognized when that was happening? Oh, I love that you're asking that question because nobody really talks about it. And that's why I think so many people have burnout and it's undiagnosed, it's unrecognized, it's unseen by them, right? Because nobody else can tell you you're burnt out. You, like anything in life, you have to have the reckoning that I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to not be burnt out. I'm ready to not have an addiction, whatever the thing may be. And I would say the first telltale sign of someone with burnout is that it's never enough, that there's never a moment where you feel the ability to pause and have that, that surrender and that trust that everything has been enough that you've done that day or that you've 
given yourself or that you've created. And so there's this constant need to do more, to have more productivity, to wash the dishes in the sink because you can't sit down yet and relax. It's like this constant mental stimulation of not being able to stop or shut down. So let me ask you this, because, you know, today, today's culture, right? We have a lot of things happening in mental health and, and within the mental health, you know, one of the things that's coming up a lot for people is that, you know, they're getting these, um, they think that they have all this energy, but in fact, it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so what's happening is people are feeling, oh, I have all this energy. I can do all of these things. But really what they're doing is they're, they already burnt out all their energy. They're running on anxiety and they using that energy to, to get them to do more. What would you say to them to begin to, you know, to reel it in and, and really, you know, like, what would you say to them to, to make changes there? Oh, I love that so much. And you're right, because that's the person who's running on fumes and you can only run on fumes for so long before all the other things. And I've done a lot of research on this because I'm fascinated by it. That's where the things like autoimmune disorder, the imbalance in hormones, the adrenal fatigue, all of these different signs will start to show up. And it's really all an iteration of stress through the form of burnout, through the form of anxiety. So for someone who is in that arena right now and they know it, I would first ask you, what is it? I would ask you to really sit down and take, it could be taking a day off of work, taking a weekend off and really being off, like no phone, no social media, no um, outside stimulation, as uncomfortable as it may be, and really take a day off to sit with yourself, just one day to sit with yourself and start getting radically curious about your ways, about how you show up in the world, about how you wake up in the world, right? I think a telltale sign for someone who's experiencing burnout is that you wake up and you feel exhausted before the day has even begun. Because like you said, we all have a well of energy. And if you have used up all that energy and outputted it all day long, and you're not taking these mini micro moments per day to refill your cup, you are going to be pouring from an empty cup and there's nothing left to give. And then you start going into your reserves and then your body starts to tank and your mind starts to run on anxiety and everything else starts to take a toll. You end up resenting the people you actually love because you feel like you're this endless source of giving and you're pissed that it feels like nobody shows up for you. But in reality, it's all about you. You're the common denominator. So you have to be the one to decide, do I like the way I'm living or am I willing to make some changes because I'm worthy of thriving, not surviving and not striving? I think striving is a dangerous way (laughs) of leaning into surviving. So when people um, are going through this, you know, stuff that's happening right now on the planet, right? And they're feeling overloaded because, you know, hey, you're trapped in your home. You don't know if you're 100% safe to go back outside, even though things are opening up, which is great. But we still can't take out of the picture that we are still in a pandemic and that people want to be able to go back to this normal way of being. But then 
you know, at this point, it's like, what do people do to handle the stress of that fear that it's still there of, I want to go back out. I want things to be normal, but they're not quite normal. And if I think that they're normal, I could end up getting sick or something could go wrong. So a lot of people are holding this level of thought in them. And what we need to do is bring that um, to a different place. How can they bring that to a different place? Kelsey? Yeah. I mean, my biggest tip for everyone right now is as something that you and I both know, it's such a huge part of the healing work that we do for ourselves and that we share with our clients and our communities is the art of surrender, right? It's this art of letting yourself truly experience that elongated exhale and the exhale breath that becomes you really allowing this idea that you are supported, that you are right on time, that everything is happening for us, not to us. Mm. And so I think that's really, and it's as simple and as hard, right? As you and I both know through, again, doing the work ourselves for so many years, but also getting the joy and the opportunity to share it with others is how willing is each person to really feel what it's like to be supported and to be loved by universe, God, you know, your, your, whatever your connection source is, is that art of surrender, that there is a plan that is greater than each of us can imagine in our small, tiny, controlling egos. Yes, absolutely. Um, what guided you to turn to alternative healing modalities and start your own spiritual practice? I would say it was out of sheer uh, desperation. <laughs> <laughs> I was desperate, brother. I was, you know, and again, my story I know is individual to me, but it's not unique. I, I relied on a big pour of red wine at night to unwind. I relied on Advil most days to manage my excruciating back pain and my debilitating anxiety. So I, again, I know that I'm not abnormal in my ability to turn to a substance that is not me, myself, and I, and use that as a way of unlocking and releasing the tension and the stress that had built up. But if I looked back on it, to be honest, I think if I had just given myself some space to trust my timing in life and to trust that I was not in a rush to do and accomplish and find purpose, you know, when I was 25 years old, if I could have just and I don't I don't ever want to sound like I'm looking back because I know all of it was necessary and intentional and part of my journey. But my recommendation for people is truly this: you are not here to race your way to the finish line. This life is a journey and it is meant to be ever unfolding and ever eye-opening, you know. And I think each of us, as we've seen in the year 2020 the growth and the rapid amount of revolution and healing and shifting and changing and transforming and evolving is at supersonic speed. But it doesn't mean that we're not capable of adjusting and aligning to what, what is 
what is here for us, right? The pillar of truth never shifts. It's just that we get closer and closer to the pillar of truth. So if people can just find the space and permission inside themselves to take this time as a sacred pause, reevaluate your life, look at everything, let everything be part of a microscopic experience to say, does this serve me? Do I like how I do this to myself or how I present in the world? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, I think there's a, a point where people have a hard time, or should I say they make it a hard time um, in really seeing like what that is because they keep themselves so focused on wanting to meet these expectations of whatever these expectations are. Yes. And, you know, like, what are your thoughts about that? Because like literally it's, it's become so much where like, even if you look at like health and wellness leaders, spiritual leaders, people who are creating their own entrepreneurship because they don't have like this nine to five job where they go in, they check in, they get, they punch in, they get a, 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 you know, they work and then they get a check every certain amount of time where now you're, you have to be a self generator of creating business and, and flow to you so that you can sustain what, what, how do we deal with that? Kelsey? I think, you know, the old quote that many of us have heard before is from Socrates, know thyself is my biggest tip for that, which to me means, you know, if you don't yet, and I know that this is something your audience is probably familiar with, but if you don't yet, you know, know your natal birth chart from an astrology perspective, your, if you don't know, you know, your human design, for example, and I'm not saying it's only those things, but get curious about you, get curious about all the ways that you work well in the world. I mean, the truth is we're not here to do it all because we each come in with our own unique gifts and our own unique shine and our own unique way of connecting and and thriving and, and vibing in the world. And I think the problem has been for many, many people, myself included, that we are sort of taught this notion that each of us is here to do it all, to be it all, to learn how to do all the things for your business, because that's how you bootstrap and, and do it. And sure, to a varying degree, when you start a business, you do have to do a lot of that. But I think if we can all lean into what our strengths really are in this life, you save yourself from a lot of suffering. And I call it all the time, this idea of needless suffering. So I would implore each and every person to start to really get to know yourself, really understand what makes you tick and what makes you pissed, what makes you excited, even though it might not have any meaning to anyone other than you and what really makes you resistant, right? Like I know that I don't like organizing I think I do, but I become this like fucking chaotic mess when I try to do it. <laughs> and it's so I that's something that I can ask for help. It doesn't even have to pay. I, I can ask a dear friend who want, who loves this shit and I hate it. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do Reiki session for you and you help me with this. So you can do it in really creative ways, but I think the most important thing is to stop denying the parts of ourselves that really light up and bring us joy just for the sake of joy. Mm. 
and start looking at how much you really need to force yourself to suffer through the things that maybe you're just operating an old program and maybe that actually isn't true anymore. I think that's very sound and solid advice from Kelsey Patel. Truly. You know, I think there is this, this culture of suffering and victimness that people like to play out to get attention and to take their power back, but taking their power back in some kind of, um, you know, uh, I would say using the, getting their power back from it in a way of saying, well, I'm going to take the attention. So that gives me the power and get the love from it. And, um, and I think it's very dysfunctional because then you get a lot of people who will continue to, to see who's the biggest sufferer, who suffers the most, whose story is the worst, who went through the most heart pain, who went through the worst loss financially, you know, and it becomes this kind of share game of, of, you know, of loss and, and hurt and pain. What do you think about that? And how can we change that? I mean, I think you're spot on and I, you know, I grew up with a mother who suffered very deeply from depression and undiagnosed bipolarity. And, you know, there was alcohol, alcoholism in my family. And I think when I look at all of that, what I see is people who did not feel they had the permission or the right to be their true authentic self. And I know that we've heard that and everybody's aware of being your authentic self and blah, blah, blah. But what I, what I really see is for people to start to look inward and recognize you did not come here to fulfill someone else's life's dreams. You came here as an individual, unique soul that is part of a collective, of course, but you as a unique soul have a purpose. You have something you came here for that you were like, I'm coming back. I am going in this time. And I think the more people get out of this victim mentality and also this needless suffering, this idea of I'm just surviving, or even the idea and concept, as I said earlier, that there's always more. You know, when is it ever going to be enough? When are you ever going to choose that you are enough right here and right now? Because the suffering that comes from this comparative victimization and woe is me and my, my pain and suffering is more than, than yours. And, you know, certainly there are, are moments and this is a time that we do have to see, especially through in the U.S., the Black Lives Matter. Like, we have to see that others have suffered far more than certain individuals and races. You know, that's a recognizing, right? Yeah. So, but for me right now, it's like each of us as individuals, we need to do the work with ourselves. And that is how we collectively heal. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that if we are going to collectively heal, we really have to come into a place of, I call it inner love. But not just the inner love of like, let me love myself, but the inner love of let me love the things that I don't want to love about myself. Yes. Right. And, and really come into a space of kindness and generosity and, and, and just, you know, just like really just be nurturing. I, I, you know, I always feel like, 
you know, I, I meet people out in the public and things like that. And sometimes people like, will talk about me or say things about me. And I'm used to it because, of course, my relationship with uh, Princess Marta and being part of the royal family, I get like hate mail and all this kind of stuff that comes in and gets bombarded on me all the time from hate mail to death threats to I don't like you or I heard this horrible thing about you. And it's like, and I always just find it very fascinating in our world that we just really, people love to talk about negative things about people and they love to gossip and they love to spread negativity more so than they spread, you know, beautiful things or, you know, celebrating, I call it, you know, the celebration of heaven on earth. Like if we keep speaking of heaven, we'll start seeing heaven. Why do you think people need to gossip and share negative things about people or to just bring negativity out. And what can we do, Kelsey, to, to, to eliminate that and, and, and bring more love forth? That's so beautiful. And trust me, brother, I have received the same, maybe not to the same degree, but I have received the same types of communication from people. I was on a reality TV show and oh my God, did the hate come from me. (laughs) And I get it. So I so get it. I mean, people that I've owned businesses, I've had employees, I've had people spread their fears and insecurities and and anger and things to me um, many times over throughout my career, regardless of what career I was in. And, you know, I would say for that, it's exactly as you say, and as, as we both teach in our worlds and our books and our practices, what we're putting out in the world through podcasts and all the different mediums that we connect and speak through is this idea that each of us is responsible to do the work in ourselves so we can then show up for the world and for our communities. I mean, there's no way that I would be able to do this work if I had not gone to the depths of my fears, my insecurities, my grief, my traumas, my sadness, my ancestral patterns and and heritage. If I hadn't gone deep and done this work, there's no way I would be able to hold space. And to be honest, I wouldn't be qualified to do this work if I hadn't done the work myself. And so I think for each person out there, if you want to see change in your life, it starts with you. You know that, you've heard that, but it's so, you've heard it before so many times because it is the only truth (laughs) that exists out there. Change starts with you. You are the common denominator. You are responsible for your life, your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul. You know, we have beautiful examples of humans that have shown us through their trials and tribulations, through their pain, the hero's journey. And each of us is our own hero. Each of us is our own greatest healer. Each of us is our own greatest lover and best friend. And, you know, I think for each person out there, you really are so deeply and divinely worthy of feeling loved, of being loved, of loving others, of having depth in your relationships, of having the sincerity of love and truth and light inside of you and every cell of you. But if you don't believe you're worthy, if you don't believe you can have it, then it's not going to be an easy journey for it to find you. You have to open the door 
for this work to come in and then it will do its work. Yeah, I like that. How can we use Reiki to help us navigate through uncertainty and anxiety? Oh, Reiki is just such a blessing. (laughs) Uh, Reiki, the intention of Reiki is always for balance and harmony. So if you want balance and harmony in your mind and your body or your heart or your soul, Reiki will help you get there. And look, Reiki is not the only modality. You know that. I know that. There are many ways to practice energy healing. To me, Reiki was a very... I'll say the word gentle, but Reiki is also very powerful. It's not to be taken lightly. But Reiki was a very gracious and gentle way for me to start tapping into my energy body. You know, if people want to try Reiki, it's as simple as this. Put your hands on your heart. Close your eyes. Take several deep breaths. You can try it right now. Okay. As you have your hands on your heart... Just connect to your breath. You're going to start to feel the Reiki now. I'm sending distance Reiki to all of you in this moment. Let your whole body fill up and expand with your breath. And as you exhale, let the body drop and sink into presence. In this place, you can call in your guides, any ancestors, Ascended masters, light beings to just support and assist, be near you, be by you, help guide you. And then feel from the backs of your hands, feel this beautiful light energy. Maybe a color, warmth, a feeling. Feel it coming in from the backs of your hands, going through the palms of your hands and straight into your heart. Let your heart hold and receive that energy and then let it go out into the body. The landscape, the mass of your being. Let it flood into the bones, the muscles, the fibers, the cells, the mind, the throat, the organs, the feet. And just receive. a deep breath in and a deep open breath out gently ah. rub your hands together build up some cheese place them over your eyes and just fill your mind fill your mind with space expansion awareness new ways of seeing the world in yourself inside of it. From my heart to yours, namaste. Namaste. Well, that felt really good. I needed that. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little reset, right? And that, those are the moments, brother, I know you know it, but those are the moments we all need. It's like, just because people are in the wellness world doesn't mean that they are well. And Every single person who preaches about this stuff has had their imbalanced days and their chaos. And, you know, each of us is 
is able to, but has to choose to take these sacred pauses throughout the day. I mean, I teach this shit all day long and I forget. And then I forget, but I don't judge myself or shame myself. I just go, oh, you silly thing. This whole time this has been here, but you just forgot. And you forgot. That's no problem. Now let's go do something about it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can be a testament to that because, um, yeah, because I'm constantly, I get up at like six in the morning and then my phone call with my girlfriend and then I, my assistant calls and gives me like the lay down of everything I have to do. If it's TV, if it's this, it's that, if I have to go in the studio, whatever it may be, sessions, you name it, podcasting, team meetings, all of it. And then I have my workout schedule and then like everything is just given. Sometimes just that what you're, what I just went through with you is something that I need more in my life and to be able to create more space for that. Uh, because then even when I do my meditations, it's all, it's all my shamanic things, practicing my powers, increasing my abilities. But sometimes it's just nice to just be and just be in that space without the idea of having to do anything, which I think is very important. I also noticed that on your um, book, you put the Shoku Ray. Is that, was that for a reason? Yeah. So it's funny after I put it on the book, I got all, not all, I got a few people question me and I did a ton of IG lives with different wonderful humans. And I, somebody was like, you know, I'm a Reiki practitioner and I always was told that we're not allowed to share the symbols outside of the lineage. And I was like, wow, well, I wasn't taught that. (laughs) I put the power symbol on the front of the book because Each and every book, and I know you can appreciate this because of the expanse and the infinite energy of source, I embedded a healing code into every single book that exists, every physical copy, and each book is filled with distance Reiki healing. So people have messaged me, so many people have messaged me that they, when they received the book, they didn't even open the package and they could feel the energy. Yeah, I feel the energy. I don't yeah, feel the energy right? Immediately. Oh, yeah. Magic. Yes. And I, and I understand that point of view. You know, I studied Reiki a long time ago. I think I was about maybe, was I 18 or 17 or something like that. And this person from India named Rami uh, came and uh, was a friend of a friend in my family and said, hey, you know, I want to share with you uh, Reiki. And I was like, what's this and stuff. And so they brought me into a room and uh, she stood in front of me and drew the symbol on a piece of paper and then set it on fire and threw it in this can. It was like, okay, here's all these papers and I'll draw what I showed you. And I couldn't draw it. I could draw maybe like a part of it or a little bit of it and stuff. And then um, I was like, I didn't get it. And she's like, okay, so the symbol's not ready to connect with you. So when you can draw the whole symbol by the time that this paper burns, then that means that you have fully taken, you full, your spirit has fully said, okay, I'm willing to take this into my being because I can now bring it to memory. And um, so she did it. It took me about three or four days um, to be able to just get one symbol down. Um, But when it got in, I just remember like screaming and crying and having all this trauma come out of my body. Wow. Yeah, it was intense. And a lot of the stuff from my childhood of being beaten and going through a lot of physical abuse and sexual abuse, all this stuff was just just like pouring out of me. I was like screaming and crying and stuff. And so... You know, she had me go into a room where there was just a mattress and, you know, and she gave me tissue and everything I needed. It was just like stay in there for as many hours as you need to like process this energy. 
I'll bring in water soon. And so that's basically what I did. And then as I, as I continued, you know, she was like, okay, you're just going to hold that for a while. And then, and she's like, don't show it to anyone because it's, it's, you commit it to your spirit. And then you go and do another one later on, which was, I think, her second initiation aspect and so forth. But she had did this whole ritual with me where she blew all these energies into my feet and my head and my hands and all these different things. It was really amazing. And that, you know, being like a, you know, a teenager and experiencing that, I was like, it was really cool because I already was in my training for shamanism and shamanism is was very different to have a, this type of, this kind of like very devotional way of learning this. And then, so then I went through the whole process and it was like almost like two years of it. And I became a Reiki master and, um, I never really, you know, put it to use or anything, but I do have a lot of respect for people who really do, um, bring it to use. I'm much more on my shamanic side, not that I can't connect to that side, but it was just nice doing that exercise with you to be able to kind of connect into it. And the moment when I got your book, I felt that energy coming through, which was really beautiful. So I just kind of wanted to share that story with you. I love that you shared that. And that's, I think, wow. Like, first of all, that's fucking amazing and so powerful. And, you know, I feel like that's exactly what you as the student needed for your Reiki experience, right? Yeah. yeah. You sitting in a classroom or, you know, another format of it would not have been the vibe for you. No. That's what I love about Reiki is I really, really believe that every Reiki student finds the teacher. You know, it's like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And, and I, I've trained so many students over the years and I, and I hear different stories that they had with maybe a Reiki master before and other things, but I always remind them like each of us receives exactly what we needed as a teaching, you know, regardless of how the experience, if your ego liked the experience or not, it's like, it's such a beautiful transformative practice. And the beauty about Reiki is that, you know, each attunement ceremony with your Reiki master is permanent. And so it's a practice that you can fall off the wagon, quote unquote, but just as you said, it can come back and it's right there again. I mean, I've had so many people message me from the book. I teach you how to do Reiki on yourself in the book is that they lost, they hadn't touched or done anything with their Reiki practice for years. And then they read the book, they felt the energy of the book and they got right back into where they left off with their Reiki practice. And Mm. that's magic to me because think about what that's doing to the collective vibration of our universe, you know? Yeah. You know, I always had this thing and I'll be really honest, as a shaman, I'm like, I'm like, Reiki shmakey, you know? And then my guides recently were like, um, I think it was like about a year ago. Cause I used to always like say like, Oh, come on, you guys, everyone's doing Reiki. And then my guys were like, don't do that. That's not coming from a place of love. We must acknowledge and observe everyone's way of bringing healing and, um, and love into this world. And, just because you were trained in this very shamanic and you know way that was a bit intense, of course I simplified it to make it more fun and easier and more lit for people. I still, you know, for my for my ancestors to come through, it was like, hey, you know, like just give everything the respect that it deserves and acknowledge it. And if it's here, that means it's needed. And so mm-hmm. just hold that space for it and don't just, you know, push it aside because I would never bring like a Reiki talking about Reiki on the podcast. But because I had that conversation with my ancestors, I was like, oh, I need to hold space for everything that exists. 
because it, what may, what someone may not be into something, but someone else may be into it. And I don't want to be that person because I made those comments be the thing that takes them away from this beautiful experience that could lead them down a road of, of riches and greatness in themselves and for other people as they would share it from their being because of being so filled up by so much love and healing. So... I love that because it's true. You know, like I know Reiki is not for everyone. And to be honest, when I was doing Reiki and talking about Reiki and I was probably one of the own first media people to really be out there with Reiki years ago. And I think at first I was like, well, everybody's going to know about Reiki. And it seems like it's just so saturated, you know, at, at this point and blah, blah, blah. But I have to say, I'm shocked at the amount of people that I encounter that when I do a workshop with hundreds of people that half of the class has never experienced Reiki and this is in Los Angeles. And so it is something where, you know, to me, Reiki is just another way, another tool, another resource for people to get inside and get aligned and harmonized with their true essence. And however they find it, it could be one one shamanic healing. It could be one Reiki session. It could be an amazing journey on a yoga mat, a wellness retreat, walking through nature, whatever the thing is. But if we keep opening up people's eyes and create permission and space without judgment for people to become more connected with themselves, that's where we bring the biggest map of love into the world. Mm, yes, I like that. I mean, I've been sitting here holding your book the whole entire time and energy <laughs> through my body. So it's been quite I nice. Like I'm sitting here holding the spiritual tone of Kelsey Cattell and I'm just feeling all the good vibes and good energies. It's so yummy oh, and delicious. So, I mean, yeah, I completely, I, I get that. I, I completely understand that. I, I wanted to turn into uh, your, because in your book, you talk about uh, intuition and you start, you talk about these clairs. Can you, can you talk more about that? Yes. I love talking about it because, you know, everyone has these potentials. Everyone has access to these portals of their intuition and there's clairaudient, clairsentient, clairvoyant, right? So there's all these different ways. And in the book, I talk about them so people can start to identify. And it's like, it's almost like this, you're not even consciously recognizing what your messaging and communication with is with the universe until you start to open up to the awareness of it, right? It's like you might see specific numbers all the time or animals, or you might just hear things when you're writing back an email. You might just like hear what to write. But you may think that that's just you, that's who you are. And yes, of course, to a varying degree, that is true. But so much of it is also informed by the universe's way of giving you signs, messages, connecting with you, telling you you're right on time, telling you that this is the next move or this is the right way, or just that knowing that you have to message a friend, right? Those are all things that we can each continuously develop within ourselves. And oftentimes it's not about learning anything else except for how to just listen with more awareness, how to see with deeper, I wouldn't even say deeper awareness. It's like deeper trust and faith that the universe is talking to you. 
Who are these Claire's? Can you tell us about these Claire's? Like you, you said, you mentioned there as Claire audience and can you tell us about each one and what, what, like, what is it about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I want to find and see if I can find it where it is in the book real quick. Um, but so there's Claire audience, right? So the idea of this clear hearing, right? So you're, you're very aware of what it is that's coming through. So I have that. I have that for sure. Yeah, you for sure have that. And yours is also probably a little bit aligned with clairvoyant. Um, I don't know if you're a seeing person. Um, I'm definitely um, on the clairsentient side. So I'm a feeler. So clairsentience is more of a clear feeling. Like you just, it's a knowing, it's a feeling inside of you. Clairaudient is a heal, is a hearing. You're going to hear things. Claire, vo- I'm trying to think of what else I haven't. Uh, there's clairvoyance. And um, I had it on the page earlier. I wanted to see yeah, it and, and, and my bookmark for some odd so, reason clairvoyant is clear seeing as well. So this idea, it could be through dreams, especially if you have like an active dream life, things might speak to you in metaphors. You see colors, shapes, objects, pictures when you close your eyes for sleeping and meditation. Yeah, I do. I do see all that. That's what I'm saying. I think you're probably both clairaudient and clairvoyant. And again, yeah, I'm definitely clairaudient. I can hear full conversations with paragraphs. And I mean, it's like not even a paragraph. It's like full on conversations nonstop. From yes. everything around me, from the trees, like, from the flowers, from the wind. Say, so, yes, animals, plants, they all feel like they're communicating with you. It's almost yes. Like yes. telepathic information, right? Yeah, but it's like full on words. It's like they're full on talking to me. Like I'll hear the cat be like, yeah, and she's been having boyfriend problems and I've been having to clean up all her negativity that she's been putting out. And, you know, she brought in this other animal that her friend's been renting a room in the house and this animal's taking up my territory and, you know, just like taking up my space. Like I'm like, whoa, like, like, did you realize your cat is really annoyed with you right now? <laughs> But also that's a huge thing. I mean, animals, as we know, they, there are animal communicators, right? Like a lot of my Reiki students actually become Reiki healers for pets and they become very clear audience with the pets because the pets need somebody to communicate what their owner is not paying attention to. I've always spoke to animals. Yeah, Yeah, of course you have, because you have, you've been so connected always there's clear cognizance, which is like clear knowing. It's just, you just know things. Knowledge. I have that too then. But that's my point is every one of us has all of these. It's just. I don't think I have the feeling one because I don't feel things. Mm, yeah, but okay, wait, hold on. You, if you are clairsentient, which is clear feeling, you're a highly sensitive with surroundings and you can pick up on the vibe of a place or a person. You definitely have that. Let me think now. I go into a room. Do I pick up on a vibe? I can I can scan, but it's done through my consciousness. Okay, so like, like what I mean, I can go in the room and I create this laser that goes across the room really quick, and then I bring another one, and then I go up, and I can scan, and then I hear all the voices of people, spirit guides talking, and their brains talking, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But when I go into a room, I don't usually feel. Like I have friends who can feel people's feelings. That's me. I'm a huge clairsentient. So wait, let me ask one more question. Can you feel the presence of spirits when you're in a place where a spirit might be? I just know they're there. I can see them. Okay. Okay. So then that's it. So you probably have less 
clairsentience and your stronger ones are absolutely going to be clairvoyance and clairaudience and claircognizance. Like just, you just know that they're there. Yeah. I see that. I know they're there. And then I, if they're cloaking themselves, I like, I'm like, uncloak yourself. I already know you're there. And then they show themselves to me and I hear them speaking immediately. And I can smell too. Like one time I went into a building and I kept saying, you guys smoked way too much in here. And they're like, none of us smoke in here. I'm like, that's so weird. And then I went down to the basement and there was this man and he was smoking a, a cigar and he was a spirit. And I could smell the smoke or I could smell like the smell. Like I was on this one street and I was like, God, it smells like gunpowder here. And they're like, oh yeah, there was like, there used to be like, uh, in the olden days, there was like a lot of gun battles here. Gun. Oh my brother. I mean, that's so lit. I mean, that's very, very tapped into the senses. And again, but for everybody, we all have all four of these, right? It's just some of them are very pronounced so if you want to be more clairvoyant, clairaudient, claircognizant, clairsentient, just actually start to tune in to those parts of you that you, and again, this is why we do meditation. This is why we do practices. This is why we take these sacred pauses. That's why you're going to take that one day off to sort of assess and see so that you can recognize how you are easily communicating with everything around you and you just might not know it yet. And once you know it, you can start developing it even deeper and you can ask for signs, show me or help me see. And I, my biggest recommendation for people that are developing this sort of part of their intuition, which we all have, is ask for it to be done with ease and grace. Mm. Pause, <laughs> as you know, in this work, the universe listens, but it's it can be very black and white in terms of how things come. So if you ask for it to come with ease and grace for you to start developing this connection, it just avoids any um, unnecessary <laughs> uh, dramas in the face of you connecting with your intuition. I love it. No, I really think your book's amazing. I think everyone should have your book. I love... Uh, the section on EFT tapping, uh, which I've never heard of, but that was cool. We have shamanic tapping, but it's very different. Um, and I love your whole exercises. I love your whole journal prompting because I think that's really great that people can write through their shifts. And I love your dream journaling, which I think people need to do more of. It's very shamanic practice. I think people need to pay attention more to their dreams because there's a lot of messages that are coming through, but your book is filled with so much information and you know, it talks about like the human animal bond and like, you know, I, I, I had the wonderful time to be able to sit and just start reading chapters that I felt really connected to. And I love your writing style. I love the way that you um, bring information in a very clear, concise way that gives people a true understanding of how they, these things can be developed in their life today and make sense in the modern world. And, and a lot of, uh, you know, it's very important for me to be able to see these things because, you know, I'm on this TV show, the doctors, I'm always in the mainstream and I'm always dealing with mainstream people and to be able to like recommend your book to a lot of people who are not been really associated to that, to that world, but you make it so concise. And so a lot of people who are listening right now from around the world who are on ancient wisdom today, we do have a lot of scientists and doctors and biohackers and people that can get into it. And I think this is a really good way for them to like really understand 
you know, um, these different things that you're sharing because the modalities that you're sharing in your book are so wonderfully selected and put in there that it actually is a great book to have to be able to kind of just go in and be like, oh, let me do this thing. Oh, let me, I didn't know about this. Let me do that. Oh, I had no idea. I'm going through this problem. Let me kind of navigate myself through that. So I just want to thank you for writing such a beautiful book. Burning Bright is um, is really a wonderful way to to turn burnout and turn it up to Burning Bright. So I have to say, Kelsey, you're quite amazing. And I really appreciate you. How can people find you? How can people, you know, get in touch with you? What do you offer people that people can, you know, get into the Kelsey Patel world? Thank you so much, brother. And I just want to thank you and recognize you for all you do and all you have thrown out into the world amidst all the things that have been thrown back at you that you just keep shining and you keep sharing and you keep spreading the light. So I just want to acknowledge you because as a friend, I know so much um, personally and professionally how it, what it takes to do this work and to put out things that people are not used to, um, that are new and different. And so I'm just so grateful to walk hand in hand with you on this path. Wow, um, I love that. <laughs> it's true. I feel it so deeply uh, with you. And we see it every time that the universe gobsmacks us in front of each other. Yes, yes. Um, but thank you. So yes, you guys can find me at Kelsey J. Patel on Instagram. I have My website is Kelsey J. Patel. There is a plethora of resources for you on my website from a 21-day well- manifesting wellness meditation challenge to free videos for EFT to try to tapping to my book club um, for Burning Bright so you can do your own goddess circle or book club with your brothers and sisters in shine to use the book as a guide to really unveil vulnerability and love and support together through a four-week practice, all free. And I have a newsletter where I send out a Reiki blast and some loving words and intention setting for the month. Um, I have a podcast called Magic Vibes. And yeah, just come say hi. Really, and you have an amazing shop too. I do. Yes, I have an incredible shop, Magic Vibes, our product line, all in Reiki-infused abilities to just help shift and bring energy, crystals, all the things. I love it. I love it. And I love, you know, what I love when you first get to your, to your site is just, just, just your smile. Oh, your smile just is like, that's burning bright right there. It's beautiful. And just, oh. you know, your, your, the pictures that you have of you and your energy and things. And it's just, it's so wonderful. So I, I'm really grateful to have you um, on Ancient Wisdom today. And I'm looking forward to having you also um, on, um, on the Instagram, which I, so yeah, so this is great. And I just want you to know, I love you and I appreciate you. I see you, I honor you. And I I just want to bow down to you, queen, and be very grateful that there's a woman out there who's holding that space for both men and women and children and families and everyone on the planet and animals and nature and everything, because we need more women leaders. We need more women voices in society. And I'm really grateful that yours is out there. I bow right back to you in the all. Thank you, darling. Hey, tribe. So I'm super excited that we had Kelsey Patel on Ancient Wisdom today. Because a lot of times when people think about, you know, being a healer or operating from the wellness world, that, you know, that that's what you were born to do and you came from that place and that's how you know who you are and so forth. And that's not necessarily true. 
a lot of people have come from all walks of life. Some people have come from, you know, being school teachers to engineers to you name it, from all areas of life. And then woke up one day and realized, hey, you know what? I really want to focus my life in the intention of serving people, helping them to become their greater selves through health and wellness and through spiritual evolution, right? And, you know, the great thing is, is that you find out that a lot of people came through that because they had these multiple jobs and experiences with life. And during all of that, they felt completely unworthy where they didn't know themselves, they didn't understand themselves, and they didn't know why they were here and what this whole thing was about. And they felt completely burnt out. And burnout's real. And I'm, I'm got to tell you, it's something we definitely need to be talking a lot about, especially in the health and wellness world and in any aspect of life, because burnout is real. I experience burnout. And when I do, I stop, I drop, I listen and I love and I nurture and I provide myself with what I need, the sustenance that I need and the care that I need so that I'm able to show up for all of you all over the world globally. But the thing is, a lot of people don't. And there's a lot of people who don't even realize they're burning out. And a lot of the signs of burnout are undiagnosed and unrecognized, as Kelsey has said. And it's true. Do you know how many people go through life with stress and all types of autoimmune diseases, um, with all types of stresses in their body that cause all types of reactions upon their skin, where they get psoriasis of the skin, or people have hair loss from alopecia, and all types of things. And it's all related to the anxiety and the stress and the overflow of energy that is pouring into their being, creating the um, overload that is causing all of their nervous system and their entire body to become highly inflamed and reactionary to every single thing in their environment, which causes aggressive attacks upon the immune system and on the body and on the neurological system. I can't tell you how much the health breaks down from stress and from this constant need to do when we don't really need to. It's the understanding that we as human beings believe that the harder we work and the more we work and the harder we do things, the greater reward we're going to get. And that's not true. And in the truth, in the essence of all things, we also have to recognize that the world in which we live in doesn't make it easy when we're bombarded by all of these different energies coming at us from our social media and from friends and family and just in the idea that we feel that we have to achieve and reach some level of success. And so we hammer ourselves, we pound ourselves, and we, we continue to ride ourselves. Can you imagine riding a horse so hard like that without giving it what it needs to be able to have the sustenance and return to its body so that it can continue to ride in that fashion at that level and at that pace? You would definitely kill the horse or anything for that matter. And that's what we're doing to our bodies that's what we're doing to our minds. And that's what we're doing to our spirit because we're literally not acknowledging the real burnout. And we don't understand that when you start to acknowledge burnout, when you start to see someone burnt out, where you see someone who slept a really good night's sleep and they wake up and they're still tired. I can't tell you how many people come to me with chronic fatigue and tell me, you know, no matter what I do, I feel tired. I don't feel energy. I don't feel the need to do anything. I feel unmotivated. I don't know why I'm even here. I feel sad and depressed and all of these things. And a lot of it is because you're not taking good care of yourself. You're not nurturing yourself and you're making up a lot of excuses to people, please people and give everyone else what they need without replying 
to the truth and your being that's asking for you to take action. So to reply to that part of your being that's asking for you to pay attention and give it the notice and the love and the awareness that you need to be able to bring in the sustenance and to replenish and rebuild and renew yourself. And so a lot of times we get caught up in that. And then you see these people who are walking around the planet literally looking like zombies going to their work for a paycheck to pay the bills. Did we really come to earth to just pay bills? I mean, that doesn't seem too fun if you ask me. And also the whole idea of us working to survive is literally, we might as well just put ourselves in some type of slavery because that's what we're doing. We're slaving with conscious attention to it that we're actually making a choice to be slaves to something without realizing that if we're going to live a good life, meaning a good life means a free life, a life where we actually get to recognize that we can enjoy and take in the essence and beauty of everything that is available to us on this beautiful, amazing globe. We're not going to do it by hammering ourselves and running ourselves into the ground just so we can pay bills. Ooh, not a pleasant thing. At least I don't think so. And I'm sure you do too, because if I know the truth, which I do, no one wants to wake up every day just so that they can pay bills and never really enjoy life. And people wonder why they're getting sick and they wonder why they're getting angry and they wonder why people are losing, you know, sight of what's really important because, you know, you're trying to meet some type of goal or some type of dream by hammering yourself. You know, I hear people always say like, hustle, 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 hustle. The more hustle and muscle you put into it, the greater the reward. I don't know about that because I don't know what that reward is. Is that reward me in the hospital from burnout? Is that the reward of me having stomach ulcers or being completely um, fatigued? Is that the reward of me breaking down my liver or losing my kidney or causing all kinds of blockages in my digestive system and causing high blood pressure or mucoid or any of these things that can lead to heart attacks or strokes? Is that the reward? Is that what we're really after? Are we really after that that amazing um, conversation with the doctor that tells us that our body's breaking down because we have not taken any um, measures to create preventative health for ourselves because we wanted so much to be successful or to have more material things in our life? Is that the reward that we get the new car, the new house or new clothes and all of that, which can go up in a fire really quickly and burn and be done? And then what? Or your money in your bank can completely just be taken or gone. And then what? Because if you're slaving away for all of these material things, without really checking into what's really important, which, wait a second, let me think about that. What really is important to you? Or what is important to me? What is important to you? Like, is it really important for you to have more stuff and be burnt out in the process of getting it? I mean, what kind of race are you in? Are you, are you in some race? Is there some prize that you get if you hit the finish line before everyone else? I'm just curious to know, have you ever asked yourself that question? Like, what is this? And am I in a race? And where am I racing to? And why? And why am I in such a hurry to get there? 
Why am I beating up on myself and hammering myself and calling myself names, which is literally just not only the enslavement part of where you hammer yourself, now you're adding insult to injury. So you just throw a little bit more salt on those wounds, why don't you? Just so you can make money and have a good life so you can show it off to everyone, let everyone know you got to the finish line and you succeeded and you made something of yourself on planet Earth. The whole idea of making something of ourselves on planet Earth is really interesting. And where you have all these people, as Kelsey said, running on fumes and creating all types of health issues. I mean, the stress and the whole idea of not being able to sleep and then the constant agitation where you feel like you could pop off on someone any moment just because they say something that you might misinterpret because you're tired and you're drained and you're stressed out and you have anxiety and you're just burnt. I mean, burn, like really burn, like not the burn where you like burn, but like the burnt bread burn, like, you know, where you're just completely charred, you know, both inside and out with complete energy depletion. And why? When you could have easily dealt with the situation by simply just taking a moment for yourself, a moment of reprieve, a moment of resetting, rebalancing, rebuilding, redefining, renewal. And just allowing yourself to just be in that place of flourish. Oh, doesn't that sound nice? To be in a place of flourish. To flourish. To just allow yourself to to be in that space of just holding space for you to receive. Mm. Yeah, let's take a deep breath right now. Let's get into that space. Just take a deep breath. And I just want you to observe the amazing amount of energy that is coming in from the spirit world, from your ancestors, from the trees, from the flowers, from the earth, from everything that wants to replenish you and renew you and rebirth you with new energy. So just be aware of that right now by observing it coming into your body and keep observing it and breathe. And just notice how that feels as it's coming in and observe the feeling of that energy coming in and breathe. And when I say breathe, that doesn't mean breathe a shallow breath. It means take a deep inhalation and a deep exhalation. So let's do that together. A deep, deep, deep inhale. And then hold it. And a deep, deep, deep exhale. And when you exhale, you can even make a sound. So you can do an inhale with nice deep inhalation. Hold it. Exhale in a... Let's do that sound again. Let's do five more. one last one just one last one 
Hold the breath. You see, if you can just a moment of pause to just do that breath, just every day, three, four times, maybe five times a day, doesn't even take five minutes. It's just a moment of you just loving yourself. Like, as Kelsey put it, a micro moment, a micro moment, a moment where you can just meditate or do some breath work, take a cat nap, or just be in nature or do some yoga and just breathe like I just put you through. You can even just, may even just grab an easel and keep it in your house and have some paints ready and just paint mindlessly without you thinking that you have to accomplish something or become the next world painter and be sought after by some of the most amazing artists in life. Nah, you don't have to do that. But it would be nice to just paint for the sake of painting without any agenda. That would be nice. Or just to find things and make things without really thinking about what it is you're making. That could be really cool too. Or just realizing that you don't want to do any of those things. And you just want to lay down with the pillow and breathe. And breathe and think about all the amazing ways that you can begin to step into a devotional understanding of what Kelsey calls the art of surrender. Just surrender. Just get into that very elongated exhale and just be in a place of surrender and see what happens. You see, giving some space for timing is so important on our planet because everyone thinks that they're running out of time or that they're not going to have enough time or that they're not going to get to a certain place in life and so forth. And all of that is just a giant distraction of nonsense. And in truth, you have no facts to back up the awareness of the universal time, the ethereal time versus the primordial time which is your human experience of time. That's around by a clock that goes around in a circle and lands on all these different numbers and tells you that's what time it is. And you follow and create your day based upon those time blocks that you've created, which really is a block. Because, I mean, yes, okay, we have our lives. Yes, and I I know I understand time because I have like certain times that I have to do certain things. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be all single, you know, in one aspect of my experience that this one single moment is all filled up and my time is gone. That's not possible. And in truth, the idea of us recognizing that time can be utilized in a way that gives us the opportunity to become even greater and more expansive human beings with more creative understanding and nurturing to ourselves. It's like we make time for a lot of things. Like we make time to brush our teeth or take a shower. We make time to eat and do all of these other things. And we don't really think so much about it because it's a part of our lifestyle choice. Meaning that we've accepted it into the reality of our existence as a functional way in which we operate as human beings. We take showers, we brush our teeth, we eat food. And that's just what it is. And some people don't even eat. They skip food because they tell themselves they have no time. When in truth, you get to decide Within that playing field or that structure of what we call time, you get to decide what that looks like. 
And so a lot of times people, you know, extract time and go into this idea that I have this mission, I have this purpose, you know, and that you have to race to get to some finish line, some desired goal and some mission, some purpose that you're on. I mean, even that is held in a lot of foolishness, if you ask me, because the whole idea of you believing on some level, on some interesting level that you have this mission, per se, this this aspect of reality that puts you in a space where you have to do something to get somewhere instead of just realizing that you choose to do it because you want to do it because it's fun and it's joyful and you enjoy doing what it is that you decide to do. Mission or no mission, destiny or no destiny, that's just what you choose to do because it's fun and it's exciting and it's pleasurable and it's blissful and it's rewarding because of how fun it is. So it doesn't matter what people praise you or acknowledge you or reward you. The reward is in the act of having fun and the act of experiencing, right? So the idea is you, if you're running around and beating up on yourself to make things happen or get things done, it's because you're not really understanding what life is yet. Yet. Doesn't mean you won't always, but yet. It means that you are still looking at life from this kind of like blueprints of check marks and boxes this idea that you have to do something and that you have to get in some race that you don't even know what you're racing for or why. And that you have this mission and you get upset with yourself because you don't understand what it is. Instead of, as Kelsey said, taking that moment to enjoy the ever unfolding journey, right? It, this is the time of evolving through authenticity, my loves. It's the time of realizing that everything that's happening right now on the planet is happening right now to get you to evolve through authenticity. It means that a lot of times there are so many people like doing things in life inauthentically because they're trying to achieve something. And you notice I use the word trying because that's all they're doing is trying over and 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 over again. Trying, trying, trying to get some experience or some idea of that experience into action when in truth, it can't be done. It's not possible because the energy, or should I say the frequency of it, is distorted to begin with. The frequency is distorted by the moment you actually believe that you have to force yourself, hammer yourself, beat up on yourself, and limit yourself from enjoying the art of surrender to you going into complete burnout. And there's so many healing techniques and so many energies that are there on the planet right now to assist you to not burn out. So there's really no excuse. Like I, do, I don't want to hear people make an excuse like I have anxiety. Why do you have anxiety in a world where there's so many things that could take away your anxiety? Like taking a walk in nature or laying in the ocean or taking a bath, getting a massage, doing some breath work, meeting with a shaman, clearing out poisons, resting, sleeping, eating healthy, you know? I mean, exercise, burning out stress, mental, mental, um, you know, toxic poisoning mental thoughts as you work out you're just releasing all that toxicity and all of these different things you can go to a sweat you can do so much you can make love by making love and being intimate with someone and having just amazing lovemaking can reduce so much stress so much anxiety and really bring you back to home which is that place of love of heaven on mother earth right it's just acknowledging 
that why aren't we accepting more of our home understanding of consciousness, heaven on Mother Earth, right? It's like we have the ability to recognize home mentality, but we're not accessing it because we're too busy trying to be in the rat race of a race we have no idea what this race is and have we been set up for this race or have we been training for this race and preparing ourselves to win this race and what is this race and what's the trophy and what's the reward or do you get a gold medal or silver or bronze do you get some kind of cup or do you get some type of material possession because all of it eventually will have no meaning over a period of a year or two years maybe three or four if you're lucky Eventually, you'll look at the things that you've accumulated material-wise and you'll realize that they have absolutely no meaning whatsoever other than the fact that it's a material thing sitting in front of you. Like the excitement and the joy and the dopamine release and all of these accelerated emotions that we get from this intense release will kind of just fade over time. And then you begin to realize, oh, yeah, it's a picture that I bought. I remember that. Oh, it's this bed. Oh, it's this thing. Oh, yeah. And then you want the next new thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And so what do you do? You work harder and you put more stress and you put more hustle and you do all these things. And like the hustling, when people are like hustle sold separately, well, you go ahead and keep that hustle separate because I don't need to buy it nor bring it into my awareness as a possibility of how I will take action into the world. Because my action that I take into the world is always going to be one of just how do I stop and smell the roses today while out there sharing love with people and ancient wisdom and giving them the tools that they need to witness their amazing, like divine, dope vibe self that is the lit leader of legacy, the Liddy committee operating in full effect without any reserves or held back, just honoring their litness. Like seriously, why do we think that we as human beings will continue to thrive on planet earth when we're all burnt out, exhausted, tired, agitated, annoyed, frustrated, and feeling a lot of our creative energy being surped away from us and feeling no creativity, lack of creativity, or just the idea that you don't want to do anything and you just want to sit and be and do nothing and feel no motivation for anything when in fact the reason why you feel that way is because your body's like, I actually really don't want to do anything because you've burnt me out and I don't really want to do anything. And so maybe if you take a week or three days or four days or whatever to just do nothing. Sometimes just sleeping for a whole week is, is really nice. Where you just, you know, just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, take a whole week off and your whole week is spent in bed and you get up, you eat, you go to the bathroom, you sleep. You get up, you eat, go to the bathroom and sleep. It's like this beautiful energy, right? It's this true devotion. Whereas people are doing all of these like things, right? To expand awareness and increase and enhance their spiritual abilities on this planet. You know, okay, great. I think it's wonderful. I'm not knocking it. I'm not putting it down. I'm simply saying that's beautiful. But some people don't realize that to truly become the most spiritual being that they choose to become uh, outside of the whole idea of if you do this and do that, you're going to become spiritual, which is kind of like the biggest propaganda because spirituality isn't governed in your yoga mats or your green smoothies or your actions or your workshops or whatever. It's governed in your ability to be flexible and fluid and open and aware to the adaptation and the evolution of the planet merging with you in this beautiful symbiotic, the symbiotic energy that, that begins to you know send out frequencies of amplified code 
of freedom and energy to other people. So if you are operating in this idea that the conscious collective, right, is going to not be able to do what it needs to do because you decide to take a week off and lay in bed and eat and go to sleep and then wake up, go to the bathroom, eat, go to sleep. And you think that like that's wasting your life. You have it completely off. Wasting your life is burning yourself out. Wasting your life is limiting yourself from the true understanding of the art of surrender, as Kelsey put it. It is literally the understanding of the mobility to acknowledge the movement in the stillness. Wait, did you just get a mind blow? I know I did. Think about that. The movement in the stillness. Now, let's look at that from an observational point of view. In the stillness, movement is taking place. That means the monk who's sitting in the mountains in the cave, the, the other person who's like a Gary Vee type, is like hustle, 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 hustle. And the monk's like, I am hustling, but not in the way you hustle. You see, I got my hustle in alignment because alignment is over hustle. And so what I'm doing is I'm aligning myself by sitting in this cave and everything that you're doing, I'm doing 10 times more than you because I'm accessing all levels of my being, not just the one that's physically can scream and yell and get on things and tell everyone hustle, hustle, hustle and do all these things and push, 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 push. And, you know, it's not authentic. And truth be told, you're going to have to keep hustling to keep up the authenticity because eventually the money and all the power and everything that goes along with it will fade and you're going to have to keep hustling to keep it fresh and keep it new. But if you want authentically, you wouldn't have to hustle at all. You would just know when there's something out of balance and you'd put it back in balance. Quite simple, really. And the truth be told that your life will flourish. And when I say flourish, I mean flourish in ways you couldn't imagine possible or chose not to imagine possible because you were too busy running around doing a lot of things that didn't have a lot of meaning other than burning you out. So let's, you know... Let us make a declaration as a tribe of beautiful Liddy Committee leaders as yourself. Let's make a declaration with each other, including myself, because I fall, I can sometimes fall into that category of not taking care of my needs in the way that I need to. And then I have to get it hammered in by my girlfriend who's like, hey, babe, you know what? You need to just do nothing and go and be in nature and lay on the grass and just don't answer any more DMs on your Instagram because the people will be fine. You need to make sure you're taken care of. And it's always a really beautiful reminder that she gives me. And sometimes she actually gives me a reminder, which is a little bit more intense, where she's just like, I really don't think you need to be doing that. Um, it's definitely burning you out and you need to take this time. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, go to bed, go to bed, take off your clothes, go in the bed and sleep. <laughs> like literally I do it because, you know, I know she's right, right? Because, I mean, the people around her who love us are always going to tell us the things that are going to benefit us, to nurture us, to provide for us more sustenance, more joy, more happiness, more freedom, more elation, and more blissed out moments, as my friend Elifan would say, bliss out, bliss out, puss puss, right? It's the recognizing or the frequency acceleration of the kindness and generosity that we show ourselves when we take a moment of pause. Hmm. Yeah. A moment of pause. Mm, don't you just love the way that sounds? Just take a moment of pause. Like, just take a moment. You know, a little micro moment for yourself today, the next day, and right now. A little micro moment like you're doing right now, listening to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast globally, all over the world. 
all over these countries, people listening to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, and don't even realize that every time they're listening, they're being coded with all these frequency codes that I have in brought into the conversation that people don't realize why they feel so good and balanced and at harmony and at peace and all these different things. Well, I'll tell you why. Because I myself realize that in order for me to best serve you, I have to be more and more and more selfish for the needs of my desires so that my soul's light can shine forth and therefore be able to shine into the reflection of you, meaning that I shine the light, joy and happiness and litness so that the light and the frequencies reflect on you. And then the lit train shows up, choo-choo, we all aboard the lit train, next destination, the universe, right? And so therefore we all get on the lit train and we got amazing music and we're dancing and laughing and sharing intimacy and just having these great deep conversations with spirit beyond spirit, which is why it's so easy for us to all find each other because we're all a part of that beautiful energy. Now, I mean, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to go around and pretend that I'm not burnt out when I am. And a lot of the times I catch myself and I'm like, whoa, I'm burnt out. And if I don't, and a friend tells me, and I think it's important that we hold each other accountable for our burnout. Don't you think? Like just a little bit of accountability. Like if you see a friend and they look burnt out, just be like, you know, babes, got to take a pause. So let's take a pause together. Let's just do a breath or... Let's go just take a picnic on the grass and I'll bring some, some beautiful edibles and delectables and yummies and little snackles, right? Because you got to love the snackles, right? To bring it to the picnic so that you can just take a moment and do absolutely nothing, right? Like the best gift you could ever give your wife, more so than taking her on an anniversary, is just take her somewhere where she can just be completely pampered, nurtured, and basically feel like she doesn't have to do anything. So take care of the kids, she'll take care of you. She just has to be completely serviced, like service your woman or service your man, service whoever it is that you love or a friend or whatever, just service them, right? It's like God loving God. It's like so good and it's right. It feels really yummy, right? So I believe very strongly in all of these beautiful things. And if you haven't got a chance, please go get Kelsey Patel's new book, It's amazing. And I love a lot of the things she talks about in her book. And remember, we need you on this planet, my darlings. And in order for that to happen, you got to go into the art of surrender. So enjoy that journey because it's a beautiful one. And I'll talk to you later. Love you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, 
you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others, your partner, your children, coworkers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. <laughs>